Okay, Blake, it's now official. It's officially time for the last tasting. I got my whiskey in the bag. No, <laughs> yeah, we're we're so relevant. We're we're chasing the glory of the old town road. Um, I think it darkened. Can you, or is it just still? <laughs> so we is went... that whiskey or is is piss? <laughs> Uh, it went from last week where it was, I think I drank a little too much last night and I'm dehydrated, to I'm very dehydrated, piss. Mm-hmm. This is like, mmm, this is chunky. It's still extremely oaky. I hope you like oak, because that's the prominent nose flavor I'm getting. All right. Um, there is still just like... Something. There's just something that's not right. Just kind of like a little bit of that super, that moonshine. I think it might be the moonshine. All Mm -hmm. right. And I got it in a shot glass because this week I figured I'm just going to have to down it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There it goes. Swish and flick. That ain't bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I think we did it. I think we did something. We did it. All right. No. Whatever there was last week, whatever that nasty shit I had last week, it's gone and it's replaced with something. Something's okay. there. Now, hold on. We did go from, oh, it's not bad, to, to, oh, it's not bad again. Blake, what? No, 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 no. I just got the weirdest note from this whiskey. <laughs> it told me you're going to get too drunk at Dragon Con. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm getting a very strange note of coffee on the back. Okay. We got we got piss coffee with corn and wood. You're not selling me on the fact that this wasn't just a little sip of piss you took after taking the Starbucks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! It's time! It's time! Hello. And I'm talking about a load! A load of BS! Live from the Caribbean! The greatest show on the planet! Featuring the two best dumb men of all time! And there you have it! It is he, the B, to the L-A-K-E, Blake Tanner, my friend! Why you gotta drag Tipsy Bartender into all this? <laughs> Why you gotta drag his name through the mud? Today Why we you... are making a drink called the Blake Tanner. It is bourbon. And there you have it! Bourbon? Ice optional. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and that guy there, the master of ceremonies, spelled with an S, the S, Scotty Moore. And bud, it's one, it, this is the last episode. Until it happens. The last episode until we have to go do this in front of a studio audience. And, brother, I've been asking so many questions to the people behind Dragon Con. Like, is it okay if we have so much whiskey on the table? Like, an inappropriate amount of whiskey. And they're like, you're after 10 o'clock, do whatever you want. That's terrifying. We're after 10 o'clock... <laughs> And we're on Sunday night. 
It's going to be at 11. Let me put it this way. On Sunday nights, usually, we start this show at... Oh, wait, no, no, no. It would be right, because it would be 11.30 Atlanta time, which is 10.30 our time. So, yeah, it's about the same time that we do the show normally, so... That's great. That would be perfect. Oh, boy. Assuming you heal by then, because apparently we've got an injury... We've got an injury to one of the players. Scotty... Content warning. (laughs) Okay, did you Ronda Rousey your finger and just split it open? I fucking almost did. Oh no. I split a part of my finger away from the other part. It's... Okay, so let me just go through this. Every day, every morning, I leave for work. You know, no big deal. Be popping in and out. I close the door. And as I close the door, my hand is just behind me as I pull the door to. No big deal. This one morning, though, my middle finger decides, hey, I'm going to get all stuck up in the doorframe, bud. Your your middle finger was like, you guys go to work. I'm going to stay here tonight. It's like, uh, I don't feel like it. I don't want to stay. And so in doing that, the door slammed into it. But not only that, my middle finger got caught by the fingernail in the little hole that the deadbolt locks into. No! No! And so, as the door slammed on my finger, a good portion of my fingernail tore away from the nail bed, leaving a bloody mess and Blake 30 minutes late to work. I hate this. I hate this emotionally, physically, spirit. And I would like to tell you that (laughs) every time you imagine what it feels like to have your fingernails ripped off, how painful it would be, it is that fucking painful. (laughs) It is that bad. Don't ever let it happen to you. I mean, as someone who paints his nails, it's kind of like doubly painfully for me to imagine, because I'm like, it would mess it up. I worked so long on these. Fuck. (laughs) The only emotional connection I could consider this is when I paint my nails then have to rush home, like rush off to work. And then get my, like, get one of my nails, the paint messed up on it in the car door. I was, I, I'd gotten to the point where, you know when you hurt a part of your body and you have that split second before the pain rushes in? Oh, I call it the oh fuck moment because it's, it's the pause, there's no pain. Oh, no. It's kind of like when a uh, road or Wiley Coyote would run off a cliff, and he'd be stuck there until he looks down. And he'd have that moment, and it's you holding up the sign, and he says, oh, fuck. Yes, exactly. I had the longest one of those, because it slammed my finger in the door. I'm like, okay, this is not that bad. The pain was in, like, my finger joint. Okay, that's fine. I can deal with it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ow! And then I looked down and I saw that the blood was coming from under my fingernail. Yes, yes, yes. And then I'm like, my morbid curiosity said, can I just lift the... Oh, no, I can. I can lift it. It can go up. Oh, no. It do go... It looks a lot better now, though. I'm actually able to use it. I was not able to use my finger for an entire day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other than to tell people how you feel about them. Yeah, right? I mean, just look at look at it. Just... I will also say a, a brief thank you, because you're not going to be at Dragon Con on Thursday like I am. You're coming in on Friday. 
And that's the most thankful I've ever been, because Thursday is the drinking night at Dragon Con, and I'll be fine on my own. Yeah. But if you were there, Blake, we wouldn't survive to the live show, so I'm very... You're giving me a day's respite from chaos. Um, you ever think we enable each other too bad? Oh, no, no, no. No, I, every single time. Anytime I go out, like, let me put it this way. My dad, who anytime before I go somewhere is like, limited on alcohol, son. Calm down. Don't use too much alcohol. And I was like, dad, I'm going to be fine. I'm not going to drink that much. I've got a live show. He goes, well, you're going to be there with Blake. And that's why I say it. And I'm like, you know what, Pops? You got a point, actually. You have a point now. I don't do that on my own either. Like, I don't barely, like... Unless I, it's a night where I know I can go hard, I barely even drink anything. Yeah. But damn. Like, if I'm getting carted around in the party bus, then you know I'm not going to stop. Is the party bus my car or our buddy Michael's car? Is that what you're calling it? No, the party bus is my mom's van. I'll tell you more about that later. <laughs> um, I will say I did drink outside of hanging out with you or being on vacation for the first time in a long time last night because Emily had taken CJ, so one half of the kids out. She had to go get some errands run. So it was just me and Ripley, and Ripley's in the baby Bjorn. (laughs) And I went, well, I still have some proper 12 Irish whiskey. Let's mix that up with some Pepsi and have a good time. And I thought... That a shot glass was like one ounce. And so I could take two of those (laughs) and put that with my Pepsi and have a good time. Blake, it's not. It's a lot more than I thought. It is. There are some shot glasses that can have about two ounces. Um, Yeah, so the moment I realized was I put it in a... Like a, one of those novelty pint glasses you get from, like, I think this one was from Dick's Last Resort, and it filled it up, like, halfway, and I went, oh, oh no. no. Uh-oh. Whoopsie doopsies. I really love Gaster's, like, drink ideas yeah, for all yeah, of us. Yeah, currently in the chat, our uh, faithful friend, Gaster Two Souls, is just making drink recipes for us. The uh, Tipsy Scotty is bourbon, mint, and sweet tea, which, fuck yes. Absolutely the fuck yes. Ooh, mint tea, fuck yeah. The Captain Tibbs, which is spiced rum, pineapple juice, and lime. And then what was the Blake Tanner? Do you have that on there? Hold on, yes. It is whiskey, Bailey's Irish cream, and sour cherry juice. I'm down with that. I kind of want to reverse ours. I kind of want to, because I really love me some Baileys, and that appeals to the Irish in me. I do like a lot of sweet tea. Yeah. I do well, I do also like the weed tea that you can get at Greek restaurants. <laughs> it just tastes like weed. I'm not going to lie. After this segment is over, I'm definitely going to go try to make a tipsy Scotty. I'm going to run and make it really quick. But, um... I do want to say I'm slowly learning how parental behavior worked. Because, like, did your parents ever sit you down and have to talk to you about a thing you did and it went on for entirely too long and you weren't sure why they kept getting on to you for it? No. Well, that happened with me a bit with my family. And that's when I realized when I did it today, I realized why it's such 
a power rush. It's so good to just have this tiny person in a chair and you get to shit talk them for a long time and tell them everything they've done wrong. And like halfway through, I'm like, I feel like I've made my point. But let's see how far we can push this big man. Let's keep going. And my favorite was what started it. And it wasn't really something he had done wrong. We got Papa John's last night. We loaded up. Mm -hmm. I got pizza. I got a cookie, which comes into play later, and some breadsticks. And I walk in, and I'm ready to eat my dinner. I'm ready to get my pizza. And the cookie's gone. Uh... And I walked in there, and I said... Who had, I looked at Emily and said, did you eat the rest of the cookie? No, I didn't know there was a cookie. Oh, and then look at the child. <laughs> hey, buddy, did you eat my cookie? I had two pieces. Bullshit, there were four and they're all gone. You're a liar. You're a damned liar. And he's like, no, 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 I just, I just had two pieces. I'm like, no, you ate my cookie. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. Oh, man, I hope this is going to be great for our viewer retention. Just <laughs> listening to Scotty berate a child. <laughs> well, the only point, it wasn't, it was going to be literally a matter of, hey, don't take shit that's not yours. I was very excited for that cookie. Mm -hmm. No. It turned, because I went in there, I said, hey, Alexa, pause the video. And halfway through me telling him that you don't take things that aren't yours, he went, Alexa, play. And I went, oh, no, the fuck you don't. You do not tell Alexa to keep playing Netflix while I'm talking <laughs> to you. Home! And now we are just arguing with the Amazon Echo, trying to force her to stop doing what she's doing. Uh, you know what the real reason that I've heard that parents will do that, like they will talk forever ad nauseum? Yeah. Is the more bored you make a child to a point, and the more you waste their time, the less likely they are to do whatever you're telling them not to do again, because they just don't want to sit through and listen to you. That's... Hey, bud, that's what happened with me. Yep. That's what they did with me, so I'm going to keep that tradition going to the next generation. You know what? I don't like corporeal punishment, but, you know, a little bit of mental stimulation's fine. <laughs> that, that's, I want to play mind games with this child. I want to take them down mentally and emotionally. You know, they say it's all about nurture, and if I nurture the brain to think about not being a shitty person, then they won't. Exactly. But, Blake, this isn't a show about babies and bourbon, but fuck, that needs to be my next podcast, Babies and Bourbon, the parenting podcast. Yeah, it's you just got a name for it. Yeah, it's instead a show where we're essentially trying to come up with the best damn idea to sell to Hollywood so we never have to do a podcast ever again, which leads me to ask, what have you brought to the table this week? Well, Scotty, I need to preface this a little bit. Um, the day before we recorded this, I went to one of my best friend's weddings. I was in his uh, bridal party. I was the best man. It's a very beautiful ceremony. We had a great time. Yeah. Um, it was at a little statue called the Vulcan. I've seen the Vulcan. Yeah, if you've seen it, you you know, it's the largest cast iron statue in the world, so just uh, a little bit. 
No and, big deal. Yeah, not a problem. And that involved, you know, us getting there in our full suits outside in the park because the Vulcan is outside taking pictures, sweating our grundles off. Just sweating so much. Yep. And then, of course, uh, right an hour before the ceremony, it did start to pour down rain so much that you couldn't see the rest of the city um, from on top of the mountain where the statue is. Well, I feel like that would add to the photos, really. Oh, yeah, we got some photos out, at least, and then we did the ceremony inside, and we went out and did the reception outside, and we didn't give a fuck. We all tore our suits off, and we danced naked in the Vulcan. <laughs> and In his left calf. And, of course, we all uh, had a fun time seeing how greatly detailed this cast iron statue was. Uh, the fact that his butt is a local phenomenon because it's the largest cast iron butt in the world. Yes. Um, you gotta love that Vulcan butt. Give me the Vulcan butt. Everybody wants it. Yes. So what I need to bring to the table, Scotty, is... He may be the biggest cast iron statue in the world, but... You really I thought get you were gonna close... reach behind you and be like, I've collected this cast iron. We've got it's some work to do. It's time to make our own butt. Yes. But no, we do need to punch up the Vulcan. Because as it's been floated around, uh, the mayor of Birmingham, Randall Woodfin, has shot down ideas of making a bigger Vulcan because he wanted to fill in fucking potholes. <laughs> what a fucking dick! Yeah, right? So we are gonna be the BS contracting team, and we're gonna build a better Vulcan, whether they want it or not. Okay. So, okay, could you describe the Vulcan to the people at home right now? Alright, Vulcan, he's a Roman god of the forge. You know, he's kind of a big deal if you're working with iron and stuff. Right. So, he's got a big, a big old anvil, that's the word that I'm thinking of. And he's got a big hammer, and in one hand he's holding that hammer on top of the anvil, and on the other he's holding a, a fantastic-looking spear tip. Like he's oh, okay. just finished forging it, and he's holding it to the sky, and that's where the lightning hits. Yes, I, I'm really happy they went with the holding, him holding the spear instead of just holding, like, a melted piece of metal, like... I'm still in the process, but you know. You know, back in the day, he held this weird... It was it was a big light, but it looked just like a big popsicle. <laughs> and every night it would pop on it, we'd be green. But every night that there was a traffic fatality, it would be red. And they took it down because it was red so many nights. It's a dark beacon of death, and it's kind of the worst. Especially if you were, like, out with your honey... You just run the Vulcan trail, you're laying out, looking up, the green light's there, and you're like, this is a romantic night. And then it just it suddenly just turns, turns red. red. <laughs> then it, it turns red, and your mom, who can see the statue from 50 miles away, just starts calling you frantically. <laughs> oh, is it you? Are you okay? Is my baby okay? So, what I think we should start with is the fact that Vulcan... On top of a mountain, he's got this huge spear held up. He's a he's a lightning rod. He's going to attract all the lightning. We need to find a way to harness the power of lightning with our big metal man. Okay. So, follow me on this. Okay. Because this is about to lead in. What was the problem we were just discussing with the light? All of the fatalities. All of the crime. 
all of the bad things ridding the states, uh, ridding the city of Birmingham. I'm terrified where you're going with this. And what are we going to use that electricity to power? That's right, the crime bots, the official okay. anti-crime okay. robots of Birmingham that are going to quest. They're called the Vulcan bots, and they are equipped with guns, and they go around stopping crime. Can we call them the Cast Iron Legion? The, <laughs> the Cast Iron Legion! And, like, there are five of them that are just mech suits that cops can get into to assist with crime. <laughs> Yep, you call him Cast Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, they have okay. to say they have to announce it every time. So, and then the main our main superhero is the Vulcan, and he's the one who comes out and solves the most crime. Well, it actually the first time he gets struck by lightning, it turns him alive. Yeah. <laughs> So no, it's it like turns, a gargoyle situation. It turns the actual statue of the Vulcan alive and he gets down like Ghostbusters 2 and starts chasing away the criminals. They're like, we can't go back to Birmingham. We can't pull any more jobs there, boss. Why? There's a fucking giant... St- it's like the Batman thing where they're like, I don't think the Batman's real. Except it's... Vulcan's definitely real. He is a massive statue. You can see him from here. Yeah, there's that. It's that real. He's moving. You can see it. <laughs> Billy, Billy, look at me. He's fucking moving. Look at this big prick. <laughs> the boss is like, all right, I'll have to take care of this myself. And the boss is the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's when they get all of their cast iron together and start making anti-Vulcan, who's going to be in, like, the slums of Birmingham. He's slightly smaller, but he's got guns, and that's the one thing they're going to try to use. (laughs) He's got guns! It's like, hey, boss, I made a 30-foot-long assault rifle. That gonna work? Yeah, no, he's got a tiny one. It's just a tiny gun, and he's trying to get, beat him with it. Pew, 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 pew. pew okay. Pew, pew. So, I'm the anti-Vulcan. So we figured out problem one, which was electricity, and the obvious solution was the electricity brings him to life for him to fight crime. Yep, and the only thing that can bring him to life afterwards is when these five kids get together and they hold their hands over the Vulcan to summon him. I thought you were going to say they climb up and put a big top hat on him. <laughs> and every time the top hat falls off, he goes back to being cast iron. There must have been some magic in that cast iron hat they found. It's a big fucking hat. Yeah. It's like, sir, this hat weighs six tons. Okay, so that, that that's problem two solved right there. Not stylish enough. Mm-hmm. Put a top hat on him. And then that's also what helps him come to life. Give that man a top hat. <laughs> Give that statue a top hat. Yeah. All right, now I'm... The next thing we're going to have to address is now that he's going to be walking around... We're going to have some family-oriented organizations that are going to have to ask us to cover him up. Oh, wait, is that dang, that ding-dang thing just out? No, no, the butt's out, which is enough for people around here. <laughs> now, Frank does ask, instead of a top hat, can we put a 24-inch cast-iron pan on his head? Because that's basically a snapback for him. 
It would need to be a lot bigger than 24 inches, Frank. <laughs> okay, okay. So, we need something to cover the butt. Do we want that to also be cast iron? No. Or do we now... Now listen, hold on. Bear with me here. Okay. We build the largest cast iron pair of assless chaps in existence. Well, no, that's that's the uh, that draws attention to the ass. Exactly. I thought you were going to be like we build the world's largest cast iron dipe and just pop that nasty thing up on him. I think that that though is going to be that's our statement to say that the Vulcan can be free. Well, then we Freeze can just those cheeks. Let him clap in peace. We could get just like five Vulcan bots that are flying drones, attach big, big arrows to them, and have them fly up next to the ass, pointing arrows at it. Now, this is something we brought up at the wedding. And I think that. Wait, if... this exact conversation? No, no, it's leading into it, though, because now that we've got a fully mobile Vulcan. What do you think would happen if the Vulcan does just clap his ass together? <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that's his fucking signal he's coming. <laughs> if you're on the horizon and you hear the bong, bong, bong. It's you, like a big fucking bell. <laughs> you look down the street and he immediately starts Naruto running at you, getting you Oh, now, Gaster brings up a point. We could put one of them Borat Speedos on him that go all the way up around the shoulders. Uh, yeah, that could work. As long uh, as it's just, like, a little bit of floss back there. Yeah, I mean, well, you need... I like the dipe idea, because what happens when he has to go? There's no toilet large enough for the Vulcan to use. <laughs> I think, oh, sir, I'll have you know that the Vulcan removes all of his waste by just hitting it with a hammer, because he's still metal. No, no, no. <laughs> it comes out, and then, like, if he's got an injury, he uses it as a salve, and it rebuilds wherever the cracks have appeared. Now, wait a minute. This cast iron pan that I have says pure Vulcan metal. <laughs> That's Vulcan duty, boy. You got the Vulcan duty. This is Birmingham, Alabama. Our main export is Vulcan duty. <laughs> our, our big statue shits iron. Okay, so we've got... Are there any other problems with Vulcan we need to solve, or do we need to start building anti-Vulcan? No. The, thing, the only thing is once he gets hit, he grows much larger. He's got to be a big statue. Wait, <laughs> like the Hulk? Like, if you make him angrier, he gets bigger? Yeah, except he's got more control over it, because he's the god of the forge. Okay, so wait, is it the duty that's making him bigger? He just furiously dukes out, and then it- And then, like, the Terminator, it liquefies and goes back into his form? Maybe- maybe the Vulcan can just make metal appear out of air. I mean, that's kind of what duty is, baby. There was nothing there. Now there is. And like an ape, he can take it and fling it at his enemies if he wants. And it's pure molten iron. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think, we, I think we got the Vulcan pretty good. 
Wait, 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 hold on. Frank has the best idea, which is, you want us to cover up the ass? Okay, look at these pants. They're part cloth, and they're part, like, cast iron. It's fine. And then we put those on him. When he gets struck by lightning, the fabric burns away, revealing the ass underneath. And then he can start propelling it. (laughs) (laughs) And he starts propelling his ass. Clapping his ass is his main mode of, like, movement. Yeah. Blake, did we just make a fucking Shadow of the Colossus villain? The Vulcan? Oh, I think we did. No, he's a hero. He's you, the no, you have to he climb fights. up. You have to climb up him and knock the top hat off. You gotta get that top hat off of him. That's how you tame the Vulcan. Tame the Vulcan, baby. Tame it. He's like a giant iron Pokemon. <laughs> now you have, Blake. You have just sent me a picture of what appears to be just the Vulcan's ass. Yep. You know when you go up in the elevator that puts you right next to the statue, the first that's the first thing you see, like literally. The elevator is he... in the back of the building. <laughs> he looks like an X-Men character. He's got like this big X across his back, so that really does add to the superhero aesthetic of giant Vulcan man. Mm-hmm. I mean now... he is he's ready. He's ready to get down. I will ask you. We discussed the concept of him growing larger. Is there possibly a secret identity that could be played into this where he shrinks down to normal size and puts on a pair of glasses and a suit and goes to work for the Birmingham Bugle? So, you're saying that the giant statue disappears every day (laughs) to go work a desk job? His name is Ron Castle, and he's the newest boy at the... He's the newest bugle boy who comes out there and just is... He's hes trying to teach the kids. He's trying to... You know how paper boys do? He's trying to teach the kids all about cast iron and the legend of the Vulcan. Yep. Because it's important to him. Because the more people that believe in the Vulcan, the more powerful he is. It's like the spirit bomb. Like, if he gets into a real bad battle with Ant... We need to give Anti-Vulcan a name, because we can't just keep calling him Anti-Vulcan. Naklov. Naklov? <laughs> I was gonna say, is there a metal more powerful than cast iron? But I'm fairly... Steel. I mean, <laughs> like... steel, yeah. Adamantaman. man. That's what he could be. He his name is Max Steel. I know that's already a thing, but I don't care. And that's his villain is Max Steel, and that's the problem. Uh, Vulcan keeps getting into is he's not strong enough to puncture Max Steel's steel body. Yep. But that's the thing. Um, <laughs> cast. Ah, uh, damn it! Now I can't remember my medals. I think cast iron is more brittle than steel, actually. Yeah. Is it? Well, I mean, that's the point. That's what I'm wanting, is him to be more brittle than the state. Like, he's got to get stronger to defeat the steel man. Yep. But wait a minute. Isn't that, isn't that a thing of, like, cast iron, like, wares, is that you're not supposed to wash them? Because you're supposed to, like, keep the, let the crud build up or some shit? Yeah, it's called seasoning it. Yeah, you gotta season the cast iron. And that's it! 
He needs to be seasoned to beat the stainless steel. It makes him stronger. He's like a Super Saiyan. <laughs> so what you're saying is the first movie is Hell Vulcan. It's a movie now, by the way, y'all. It's a movie. I, this is too. This is too much. It's got to be a movie. It's got to be an MCU movie. <laughs> yeah. So basically. What they end up having to do is get in this giant vat of olive oil, <laughs> sitting him in it so he can season to become tougher. He, they fried chicken on him, and now he's tougher. It's like, Vulcan, you gotta use your buns to cook this fried chicken. Yeah. No, no, that's what it could be, is he's in the battle against steel, and he's taking, the, he's taking his dukes, tossing them, and they somehow set on fire mid-toss, and Steel just grabs them and sets them on fire and throws them back and covers them in flame and duke. And it's the flames that make him stronger, and he just emerges from the pile in the next scene, screaming to the heavens, Steel! And then, then of course, you see the secret note left by Tony Stark to Iron Man, because... Or to Vulcan, rather. No, no, no. It is. It was originally to Spider-Man, but now the MCU needs someone to replace exactly. him. Yep, because the Vulcan is Spider-Man's replacement. He is now Tony's darkest protege. <laughs> uh, and there's going to be a whole movie about that. Yes, we did have to bring Robert Downey Jr. back for another half-Iron Man movie. Yes, that's what had to happen. This is cast Iron Man. This is exactly what's happening here. Damn, that's a... This is how you restart the next phase, damn it. Yeah. Damn, this is... This is a good film, and I want to get it made, but if we are, we're gonna need some cashola, which means, Blake, would you take my hand and politely walk me? Off to Never Never Land! Yeah, we gotta stop and get some gas at the steel station. Ding, So, Blake Tanner. Money! I want money. And I want friendship. And I want people to hang out with us. Which means we need some new Moon Marines, baby. We need... The, the old recruitment center's looking empty, son. No one's been coming in for weeks. You don't want to open the draft again, which means I guess we need some people to go to patreon.com slash a load of BS. The only website where you can join the BS Moon Marines for just a small fee a month. You can spend however much you want. You get access to our exclusive show, You Paid For This, where me and Blake watch terrible movies and commentate over them. We may... Actually, now that I think about it, we could do a live You Paid For This at Dragon Con, like, in our hotel room. We could just watch a Duke film one night. And oh, yeah. Yeah, so we may, we may actually do a new one, but m the most recent one we did was watching the good, good Jason Momoa cannibal film, The Bad Batch, where after, after re-editing it, Whew, buddy, I got a little bit more than I needed to get on that one. That 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 movie earned more drinks from me than it deserved. Yeah, I, I understand. Wait, what the f- Okay, I just logged into um, Netflix to see if any of the movies that we wanted to watch are on there. And there's a new Invader Zim movie? 
Yeah, that's a big thing. But yes, Paul Blart Mall Cop is on Netflix. Don't worry about that. So no, yeah, fuck you, off. if you join us at Patreon, you get access to that. You get access to our Discord where you can hang out and chat with us. We'll have a good time there. Salty Frank sometimes just sends us pictures of his pets. And it's <laughs> super duper adorable. It's my favorite thing on the planet. And you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week. Like the Patreon Saints of a load of BS, my mom and dad. Like Associates Anonymous, like Radish. And like the boy that last week doubled his donation... Salty Frank of the Seven Seas! Hey! Original Boy represent! That's right, and if you want to join them, you can at patreon.com slash a load of BS, but Blake, I'm enjoying this beverage. I really am. It's just, I have to drink it out of this bottle like a Neanderthal. Is there a place I could get a better place, a better thing to drink out of? Fucking cup! Because we got him. Son of a bitch. I was drinking. And I was a fucking cup. <laughs> and we got him at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Then you can also get shirts. You get posters. But the cups are the most important because we want you drinking as much as we are every night. We do really enjoy We want to drag you down. I do enjoy it. The shirt I'm wearing right now was forced upon me at Podcast Movement. I walked by a booth and they're like, take the shirt, please. I do not want to have to go back home with these shirts. They're super soft. And I walked up to them and I went, bitch, this is what I print on. Fuck you. I know they're soft. And then walked away and then took a shirt because I didn't want to be that asshole. So, yeah, if you want some super comfortable shirts. But really, though, cool it's, swag, it's real comfy. <laughs> and if you want some really cool swag, come out to our Dragon Con show this Sunday, 1130 at the Hilton Galleria 6, September 1st, the first annual end of the world party thrown by the BS Network. We are going to have stickers. We're going to, we're not allowed to say that we're giving out alcohol. It would be completely illegal and against Dragon Con's terms of service for us to say, we're bringing bottles of the whiskey for you to have. It would be completely wrong to say, just come to the show and ask and we'll give you a free bottle of whiskey. It would be out of the complete and total question for me to look at you and say, we will give you all the fucking whiskey you want at this show. So make sure to come out for that. We are going to have... The, the bright gonna... side, though, will be that I will have drank all the whiskey before then. <laughs> and we will have... Uh, I think I'm going to have three of the official End of the World Party posters to give out. We're going to be signed by me and Blake, so you can get one of those at the live show. And if we still have some left afterwards, we may have some patrons get some free perks from that. And, Blake, should we spoil the big surprise or save it for Sunday? Because I'm so excited for what I've ordered. Wait. I did it. I did the thing. Oh, fuck, you did. You've told me about this. Fuck. <laughs> What is the one thing we've declared from the beginning of this show that we would have at our live show? And I, I tried to, I tried to not keep, I tried to play kayfabe. I tried to kayfabe it. Say we weren't gonna have them. That we didn't need them. But ladies and gentlemen, there will be BS condoms at the Dragon Con live oh, show. Oh, fuck my life. 
Also, they've not been shipped yet, and I'm terrified that they're not going to arrive in time for the show. Meaning, I'm just going to have 25 condoms around my house. Now, if those bad boys get there, and... Oh, by the way, I hope people fucking come to this show. I really need you to come to this show. (laughs) Um, The story that I want... I don't want... I, I would love if you used our condoms. That would be great. Yes. But I want to hear every story for every person that loses their virginity using a BS condom. <laughs> Dear Penthouse Forum. Ladies and gentlemen, the following event is scheduled for one clusterfuck. And is set to occur in Birmingham, Alabama. Introducing first, he is... The bearded man from the Badlands, the absolute Badlands, Scotty Moore! And in the other corner, sporting the modest, plaid on plaid on plaid, the man with the plaid crown, the plaid is plaid on the plaid, the man who knows nothing about wrestling and everything about plaid, the late tenor! I'm sorry, was I supposed to do something there? I thought this was just you two. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, that's Dylan. Hey, and Dylan. Then, <laughs> and we are the Fight Boys, and it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Make sure to check us out, because when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life! So, Blake Tanner, we've reinvented one of the greatest statues in Alabama history. But speaking of reboots, everyone's loving reboots nowadays. They're loving the... The new versions of the Spider-Mans. They're loving the new DuckTales, which is very, very good. True. But there's another reboot that recently happened, and I want us to get in on the ground floor of it. Whoa. Of a show. <laughs> For those at home, Blake Dinner made the most condescending face I've ever seen before <laughs> delivering the quietest. Whoa. <laughs> oh, shit. And it's a show that you and I know all too well from being assholes and bored in college. And it's a show called Good Eats. Wait, 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 what? Scotty, they already did that. I know, I know, no, 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 no. I know the reboot's happening, but clearly Alton Brown is going to get another season because Good Eats is the best show on the planet. Well, I yeah, want of course. Us- I want us to be brought on as story producers and, like, segment concept artists for the next season, which is why... So we we kill Alton Brown. <laughs> no, we, we're not taking over... The, we're gonna help him make it's the show. Step one, kill the Brown. <laughs> so, what I want to do is I want us to create an episode of Good Eats today based around... A recipe I found on Twitter earlier today. And I don't know if you viewed this video, so I'm going to give you a rundown of the recipe. And I want you to tell me when you think I'm done. So you get some seasonings and you you make a marinade and you marinate a chicken. Like, just chicken breasts. Like, six chicken breasts. Fine. You bake them for an hour, you remove them from the oven, and then you pull them like pork to make shredded chicken. Alright, easy enough. Then, you take that, 
put it in a bowl and put green onions and also red onions and also okay. bacon and also barbecue sauce. Now, hold on. Back off a little bit. <laughs> nope. No, baby. We're still going. And then you mix all them bad boys up together in the bowl. You just With your hands. <laughs> no, with your hands. With your hands. Damn it. If there's one thing that Alton Brown told me, he told me to use my hands. And now, because spoons are a unitasker, and you can't have unitaskers in the kitchen. So, then, Blake, uh, get a springform pan. Don't be afraid. Get a springform pan. <laughs> what? I know. Just wait. And put in the bottom of the springform pan a tortilla. And now, <laughs> and now, put... So much fucking cheese on this tortilla. Absolutely drowned it in cheese. So like a quesadilla level, right? No. Take <laughs> take how much cheese you would put a can of quesadilla and triple it. And now take your chicken mixture and put it on top of the cheese. And I know, once again, you're thinking, like, quesadilla level? Uh-huh. Fucking sextuple that. Like... I want some fucking la- a thick layer of chicken on this thing. How is it going? How's the tortilla going to hold? So the center wh- tortilla must hold. Well, now Blake, put more cheese on it. Three tortilla, three quesadillas worth of cheese, and then finish it off with another tortilla on top. And now put that in the fridge. <laughs> what? Put the put the chicken. <laughs> Put your nasty chicken in the fridge. My god, that first tortilla is going to be soaked. <laughs> now, just make you a nice dipping sauce. Use some mayonnaise and some ranch and some dill and make you a nice dill kind of thing. Okay, you just use the thing in the thing, right? Oh, Blake. <laughs> you <laughs> sweet summer child. You now remove your... Frozen hunk of chicken and cheese. Remove it from the springform pan and everything should, let's use the correct term, have been congealed together. Yep, you made a nice little jello mound of chicken. And uh, now you pull out your knife and you cut it into six pieces. Because you got chicken pie. And then, (laughs) after that, (laughs) this is not a joke. You take some flour. (laughs) What? And you put it in the flour. And you roll it around in the flour. You batter it? (laughs) What? Are you breading that? (laughs) No! Put it in some egg. (laughs) And then put it in some bread. (laughs) Oh, he's already dead. And then you fry that some bitch up so good. And then you take your six pieces and you rearrange them back together to form a circle. And then... <laughs> no! You put a discreet ladling of pizza sauce on top of each of the massive hunks of chicken and bread and cheese 
But what happens to the dipping sauce you made earlier? <laughs> don't worry about that right now. <laughs> then you put mozzarella, and then you put pepperonis on oh, each other. <laughs> no! And Wait! Then, and then you put that in the grill for five... On the grill? <laughs> the grill? Thanos, stop this! For five minutes to get it all nice and melty, and then you remove it, mm-hmm. and you've reached the end. You can no. now take your pizza <laughs> chicken, fried nasty asshole, and just dip it in your weird dill ranch sauce and eat it up. After you put it in the microwave for a minute. And that's what I call good I feel like if we had to break down every single one of these, it would take twice as long as an episode of Good Eats would actually run. <laughs> okay, so it's a two-parter. I'm fine with yep. that. Um, I feel like we we would need us because he always does a segment about the tools. Like I watched yep. the first episode of the Hold reboot. On. I'm getting a I'm getting a text from Alton Brown. No, this is from his his agent. It, oh my god, <laughs> he was listening live and he just died. <laughs> he jumped off a building. He, he had a heart attack when he was thinking about everything that would go into making this episode, and he yeah, he just wanted to be in heaven. <laughs> so, what you do then? I think we need a segment, because he does these segments on the tools of the trade. I watched the first episode of the reboot. He talked about mortar and pestles, and what you need for, like, the best mortar and pestle. And I feel like the only obvious thing to do here would be springform pans, maybe? Like, the best, what you want in a springform pan? I think that instead of, I think that instead of going with all this fancy metal springform pan, we should... We should go for the old cast iron spring form pan. <laughs> but where are we going to get it? We don't have any cast iron. And then a hole breaks in through the roof. And there's just a bit of Vulcan dew in there. He smashes it into a pan for us. It hands it to him. Here you go, bud. <laughs> okay. So, Thanks, Vulcan. So what's the opening to the show? Because he has these goofy segments where he's dealing with like... The the bad chefs of America who are trying to ruin these dishes, and he wants he wants to make sure the history of this dish is pure. So 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 like spaceballs, he is watching this whole segment we're doing in media res, and he wants to stop it. Or what could could it be that he break? Because it was filmed. I saw it. This wasn't a recipe I read. I saw someone make this. And what if he... What if... It's kind of like a tasty video, like those where they film it yeah. top down. What if he breaks into their headquarters and starts making fun of them for everything that they've done? And they say, well, you think you could do this better? And that's the beginning of the episode. And then he sets them on fire because they deserve it. What he could do instead... And t- tell me how this one drives you. It could be like a binging with Babish, where he starts off with a very garbage food and then makes a good one inspired by it. He could make a timpano 
which is essentially this dish, but Italian and classical, because I believe a tempano is just fucking whatever you want thrown in some bread and baked. Like, I think there's, like, eggs and ravioli and, like, a, a whole live duck. Like, I think there's just a bunch of shit thrown in there. I'm going to use that exact quote for the episode. Hold on, let me write it down. <laughs> because you want to hear Alton Brown say, I don't know, there's just a bunch of shit thrown in there. Yeah. They put whatever they want. So instead, it'll be an episode about a tempano inspired by this. But also the... Ca- he also, I think at the end, after he makes the tempano, they're like, yeah, well... That's not what we made, is it? And then that's when he's like, well, let me take the challenge and I'll make this good. Cut to part two. And part two is when he actually has to make this. Right. So part two is the part where he sets their headquarters on fire because there's no good way to do this. I mean... Oh, wait. This is when he uses the air fryer. Okay, I'm down with the air fryer. We could use the air fryer. Could we all also- He fries one piece at a time. <laughs> yeah. And 50 hours later, he's done. I said, well, it was worth it. Maybe, well, okay, how do we make this recipe not just the worst? I'm gonna- I think that, you know, honestly, the best way to do that is just by, like, cutting down- all of the portion sizes. Like, if you put a regular amount of cheese and a regular amount of, like, this barbecue chicken that they've made, it could be something decent. Yeah, so you could do that, or just add more tortillas. Because, <laughs> like, my problem is the distribution. You've got too much meat and cheese and not enough tortilla, so you do okay. a quesadilla's worth of cheese, a quesadilla's worth of chicken, tortilla, repeat... And then you make, like, a layer cake. Okay, so you're going the opposite direction. Instead of lessening the existing ingredients, you're just increasing the base amount that we have in that good old flour shell. Well, you could do that, and then also, instead of cutting it into slices of six and expecting a normal human being to eat a sixth of this, maybe do, like, a twelfth. Like, do twelfth of it. No, Alton, cut it into fourths. <laughs> Don't be a coward, Alton. Do it. Do it, you freak. Listen, this is... We all know that this is gonna... Each slice is gonna be for multiple people. This is gonna be something you're gonna see at some kind of weird buffet. (laughs) So this is all you need to do. Maybe. Okay. One of the segments, he teaches you how to make your own tortilla. Because if he's going to try to reduce portions, I'm going to say make a square tortilla, do the layer thing, and then put kebab sticks in it, and now you got a nasty lollipop. (laughs) Nasty lolly. (laughs) It's a nasty lollipop. Um, he's got to have told us how to make tortillas before, right? There has, yeah, there probably was like an episode, but this is the reboot, so we can revisit some of them old things. In fact... What it could be, he revisits it and makes it better. Yeah, from so what he's, he's watching like the he's watching the old videos of him doing that and saying, "Young Alton, that's bullshit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. love how you hesitated before you took a sip of that drink. Like, do I really want to take some more of this right now? <laughs> like, what's Blake about to say? And am I gonna spit on my iPad because of it? 
Not right now. I'm Alton Brown, baby. Also, you're in the Alton Sting. You're fired. <laughs> oh no, I got Alton Sting. <laughs> okay, and so okay, so the way we make it better, more tortillas. But wait a minute, how would you if we'd make it a popsicle stick? How we get that cheese and marinara on top? Do we lay it on its side and then you have to hold it, hold it like at an angle, like horizontally when you eat it? No, this is what you do. Instead of sprinkling on it all on and then letting it cook on top of the kebab, yeah, you cook it in a big vat and just dip that kebab in, baby, <laughs> like the Joker. Yep, it's like. You you got this marinara sauce in the vat. It's warm. It's like Bert's fucking chili at Waffle House. It never stops. Oh, speaking of, can we put some chili in there somewhere? Can fuck we put, it, yeah. Fuck it. Fuck this. Put chili in there, Actually, too. Actually, instead of a fucking tortilla, let's just use a waffle. <laughs> this is super chicken and waffles. <laughs> this is how we remake chicken and waffles. Maybe the top waffle and the top tortilla and the bottom are replaced with waffle, but I want to keep the tortillas in there because that's kind of it's kind of like you're traveling the world. You're getting the the pizza from Italy. You're getting the tortillas and the spicy cheesiness from Mexico and everything else from America. <laughs> uh, oh wait, does that mean we could just get a little bit of Russia in there and just pour some vodka on it? We could put vodka on it, and also you could dip it in wasabi if you want to. Oh, nice. I'm, oh, wait, I'm getting a text. Hold on. Hey, I'm that guy from Epic Mealtime. <laughs> I want you to help us reboot our show because it's shit now. We did it! We got a reboot! <laughs> it's like, all right, hold on, let me send this back. Bring back Muscle's glasses or we're a no-go. Oh, did Muscle... Oh, wait, hold on. I do want to check up on something. Because apparently, like, this big-time chef... Like, not like a Gordon Ramsay level, but like a Instagram chef. Oh, Emerald Ghost. It's Emerald... It's Emerald is cooking this right now, and he's updating us in media res on his Instagram page. So I want to check up on him. He's got a jar of barbecue sauce. He looks very sad. He does not have a springform pan. Instead, it appears that he has folded up some aluminum foil. Okay. He has a lot of leftover chicken. And now he's just playing the original video. He's made the dip. And... Oh, he's sticking his head in the dip. He's sticking his head in the fryer, and he's now given up, and he is having to refreeze it before frying, or else they will fall apart. Man, this is a fucking trip. Yeah, so, but Blakey T, we've invented the greatest food of all time for the greatest episode of the greatest sh food show of all time, but now I have to ask you a very important question. What?! Was awesome this weekend. An open bar, baby. <laughs> You're prepping for Dragon Con, I can see. Let me tell you something. When you go to a wedding and it has an open bar, all bets are fucking off. 
I'm going to a wedding like literally two weeks after Dragon Con, and they better. Uh, hey, Jarrett, Jarrett, I don't know if you're watching, baby. You better have an open bar. Um. Also, the party bus, which I need to get to a little bit because um, I didn't indulge too much at the old open bar because I had to uh at the old open to- bar. Old open, but no, we we were there for a lot longer than I thought we were gonna be. Like, it was a solid eight hours outside at the Vulcan. Um, but when you gotta carry around, like, seven boys that are in, a like, a bridal party for the groom. Yeah. And one of those is the groom. There's nothing better than getting your own party bus. And by party bus, I mean, I asked my mom if I could borrow her minivan. Okay, because my first question was going to be like, is it one of those fun ones with the lights and the champagne? Nope, it's my mom's van. It does have lights. Yes. And you can control the air conditioning in the back. Yeah. And, um... And there was a DVD player, and we watched Finding Nemo on the way up there. Hey, boss. There was a DVD player. (laughs) You you making jokes. If we'd have brought a DVD, we could have been all up in on that Space Jam again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we made this mistake. So when we went to the bachelor party for this wedding, and I planned everything, we used this bus to get around. Right. Michael was our DD that night, and he was very good at driving this van. And... There's no better way to just get a bunch of bros around than a minivan, dude. I'm I'm the official soccer mom. They're asking me for it all the time now, and I'm terrified. You have to buy a minivan now. That's what it's happening. I have to ask my mom to borrow her minivan now. (laughs) Well, my thing... I've got two things that are awesome. First one's we talked about slightly, and it's, I think, pre-show. It is just contacts. Because, I don't know, glasses... There's some about glasses where you can still remember you're blind. But contacts, there's no place to run, baby. You look up, you look down, you look left, you can see no matter what. There's just always seeing happening. I appreciate that. I can't do it. Nuh-uh, no thank you. Oh, can you not do contacts? Hate them. Hate them. They feel like little, little fun clasps on my eyes. And the longer they stay in, the more they start constricting my pupils and turning my irises into just like little fun bulges because they're always there and I'm always aware of them and they just make me feel like I'm about to stop breathing. I think you've gotten some shitty contacts, dude, because mine, mine are, I got a Hubble subscription, not sponsored, and they're not the most comfortable, but like I don't feel them really squeezing on me. I can feel them, once they dry out I can feel them, but otherwise. No, this is like legit, like I've gotten the good shit before, and I just like can't. Like, oh, wow. the most expensive contacts. I just feel them all the time. That's so... I can't feel shit. I can't feel shit, baby. I just feel the ability to see. I see everything. But I can do that, too, and I've got my fun glasses that make my face look good. <laughs> I got Ray-Bans, baby. Well, my other thing, my main thing that's awesome this week is... It's good because it's close to ASMR, but it's not got that weird ASMR overtone that would make me feel weird if my wife walked walked in on me watching it. Uh-huh. Like, it's not like I watch sketchy ASMR, but if she walks in and it's like, 
Raven from the Teen Titans inviting me to join the Titans. And she's like, I just want to cut your hair. Snip, snip, snip. I... Hey, I'm Funky Kong. <laughs> From Donkey Kong, picking you up from the airport. I still feel like I'd get a few judging eyes, so but it still is relaxing to watch, and it's also very very fun. Is a it's a YouTube channel called Royalty Soaps, and it is just a woman and her family making soap, and it's so good. Like she's she's from a big family, and she'll do like episodes. Where she just recaps her family and what's going on and she'll be like, I have 12 brothers and sisters and, you know, one of them was just born and that means, like, my son's got to have an uncle that's younger than them and it's going to be funny. And I'm like, I know this isn't your real life because everybody's going to have problems, but at the end of the day, it's nice to pretend there's just, like, this perfect happy family going on they have no troubles and the soap looks fucking amazing like she'll, oh i'm watching this video of this soap being mixed right now bud like she'll make a normal like a normal bar of soap you'll see and then she mixes up what she calls soap frosting and she just pipes on frosting on top of the soaps then just yeets glitter on it and puts in like embeds i've learned shit about soap i didn't know like embeds is like a piece of soap that's shaped like a star or some shit and she shoves that in um there was another it's a i can't remember the exact term off the top of my head but it's what what they call it when soap begins to set up and like get thicker that's something i just learned so much about soap and it's Blake. Blake, I see you. I see I'm losing you right now, buddy. I'm watching the soap being made. Which one is it? I want to know if I've seen it. Anne of Green Gables soap. Oh, I, I haven't watched is... the Anne of Green Gables one. The first one I watched, she made a grape soda one. And she put like a little like plat paper straw in each one of them. So it looked like a grape soda and put like this light purple frosting on the top to look like the like soda bubbles. It was amazing. So yes, please check out Royalty Soaps if you just want some good, nice core shit to fall asleep to, because it's amazing. I've been—I think I've watched them literally every single night this week. It's been very, very good. And now I'm going to go to my favorite. That's very similar to this, but not similar at all. And I'll tell you about that next week. Oh, ooh, a tease, a tease for next week. So, uh, but until then, Blake, where can- Oh, wait, hold on, that'll be Dragon Con. Do you just want to say it now? Because I dug it. Nope. No, Week so- after, because I'm going to be listening, because I forgot I've got such a big backlog on this boy. <laughs> it's not the, uh, I think we talked about it on the show, it's not the guy who opens MREs, is it? Might be. <laughs> Might have to talk about him again. Well, until next week, Blake, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. That's Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A. And you can also find me uh, streaming Wednesday nights with my friends Josh and Chandler on Vincent V-I-N-T-S-O-N-V-I-D-Y-A Vidya. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon. Check me out on Fiverr if you want to. And remember to find me and Blake at DragonCon next week. Blake will be there for the first annual End of the World Party. That's 1130 in the Hilton Gallery of Six. I'm also going to be doing the Welcome to Night Vale panel that morning. 
which holy fuck, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be doing the Pitch the Digital Media Pros, which I believe is at 8 or 8.30. And before that, friends of the show and patrons, Radish, are going to be doing their first live show. They're going to be recapping the best bits of Dragon Con and talking about it. I'm going to be appearing on that, and I may try to find a way to sneak Blake onto that. I don't know yet. I'm not sure. I'll just... Yay, this is the first I'm hearing of it. Oh, it's fine. No, no, no. Blake, Night Attack, my the podcast that inspired me to start podcasting, they stopped doing Dragon Con last year. I know. And we're the new Night Attack because of just everything's the fucking same. Like, you're going to be the guy. I'm the one who's just going to sneak you onto panels with me, shit like that. And also, another comparison we realized, and this is something we definitely need to bring up, is the fact that fan of the show, I don't know if he wants his name said, but Brave Jayhawk, he's known as on Twitter, got us a dope-ass room at the Marriott? Like, we're all just staying together? Like... He got us a great deal. We got it last minute. What the fuck? Thank you, dude. Like, seriously, he deserves the shout-out at the end of the show. Frank deserves the shout-out for doubling his uh, shit This uh, for his Patreon. Always doing it. Doing it, doing it right. All of you fantastic fans. Yeah. Fantastic. That's right. Thank y'all. And, of course, remember to check out the other shows at a load of purebs.com. And, Blake, do you have one other person you'd like to thank? A really cool Scottish person? I don't really think there's a really cool Scottish person unless you mean Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for letting us use our theme song, Ric Flair, from their album, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. Check out their music. They do such a great, like, revival of funk music they are buskers they're on the streets every day doing their stuff on their grind and that's gonna be us this weekend at dragon con <laughs> well they're not just on the street because i don't know if you saw this they were on fucking tv they were on bbc oh, yes. scotland performing our theme song our theme song got performed on bbc scotland well the the theme song is about Ric Flair, the famous wrestler, who's <laughs> also old regular on the show. Yeah, no, no big deal, big man. And remember to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS except no substitutes, because we will see you next week! <laughs> <laughs>